Hello, listeners. Mandy here. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. It will only take a couple of minutes and will really help us out. You can go to worthy.com forward slash survey and you will be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We've extended the deadline for responses to November 30th, 2023. Thank you so much. And now on to the episode. Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. I'm Mandy Walker, and I'm your host. Consider this. Your diamond ring, bridal set, or other diamond jewelry can be a hidden financial asset that helps you with that fresh start. But selling jewelry can be a nightmare. Worthy offers an easy, headache-free solution by partnering with you to help you sell your jewelry and get the best deal on your piece. Our quick and easy process means less work for you and more money when you sell, all done from the comfort of your home. Visit worthy.com to learn more. For this episode, we're talking about co-parenting and how to get along with your ex. Co-parenting well with your ex is so important and it has a fundamental impact on how your children adapt to your divorce and their well-being. But there's a balancing act here. Getting along with your ex doesn't mean just agreeing with what they want to do to avoid an argument or conflict. And it doesn't mean keeping quiet, especially when you believe your child is at risk. So where's the line? How do you decide? Well, I'm excited to welcome my guest for this show, Shauna Lee. Shauna Lee is the start again queen. She's been divorced a few times, lost two corporate jobs in a year, and has sent a couple of kids to college. She knows what loss feels like, and she knows that starting over can bring opportunities. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to have you. Um, I think we're going to have a great conversation. I wanted to start by, start by saying, you know, big picture, what is the payback for co-parenting well with your ex? Well, the payback is happy, healthy children. And at the end of the day, that's always been my focus. In each of my divorces, I, divorced or not, I want my children to grow up and be healthy, whole human beings, but I want more than anything for them to be happy. And for me, co-parenting well with their father, because I did it, quite honestly, I did it really poorly the very first time, and I've learned some lessons. So I would like to have these happy children. And we had so much parenting left ahead of us when we got a divorce that I knew it was a long-lasting working relationship that I was building. And so co-parenting well is my goal, but it's a lot of work. It is. And I had two children. They're 30 and 28 now. They were 14 and 11 when I got divorced. But I have to say too, like, you know, parenting plans in Colorado where I am, the co-parenting plan finishes at 18, but your co-parenting never finishes. 
No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. My oldest daughter just got married a year ago, so I got to spend time with her father again. And yeah, yeah, there's been plenty of opportunities since they turned 18 to still try to co-parent these children together. So broadly, when we say co-parenting well, what does that mean to you? So my view is always, what is the least tension-filled, the most easygoing experience for my children? So I'm always looking at it from like through my kids' eyes and from their perspective, if they can live a normal childhood and have their parents there together with them to do any one of these milestones or events that happen in their life, that's what I want for them. And so to me, co-parenting well is our ability to discuss the children, be together at events. And really a big part of that is work through disagreements because let's face it, we, we have plenty of disagreements still to this day. And I think that sometimes we think that people shouldn't have disagreements. We're going to have disagreements and it's inevitable. So then I was thinking like co-parenting well really means learning to be able to have a respectful discussion with your ex about your points of disagreement, which if you were able to do that during your marriage, you might not be divorced. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, I tell people all the time. He and I didn't agree on very much at all when we were married. So why do I think we're going to agree on more things now? And the fact of the matter is, we don't. We disagree on many, many things still to this day. I think what we have gotten right and what we do well is we pick and choose. So this whole choose your battles is kind of the pillar I stand on, you know, because at the end of the day, There are plenty of things that I think he should do differently or I wish he would say differently, but I have learned to stay in my lane. And this is the analogy that I use when I'm coaching women through this phase is, you know, my house is equivalent of my car going down the highway. That is my lane. I'm in control of what happens in my car. He's in control of what happens at his house. And we're both going down the road together in the same direction that we both want to raise happy, healthy children but I need to learn to stay in my lane. And so it really comes down to picking my battles and choosing which things are actually an issue to discuss. And a lot of our disagreements are fairly benign and it doesn't matter, like the food the kids eat. In the early days of my divorce, I wanted to dictate every little thing that they were eating. I wanted them to eat healthy and please serve them vegetables. And he is the fast food king. Like he is all about convenience and ease. This was consistent the whole time we were dating, the entire time we were married. So I couldn't all of a sudden expect that he was going to treat food differently. And so I just had to get to the point where I realized, okay, they're going to be well-rounded. They're going to experience all types of food, including the things that I wouldn't choose for them. And it's not worth discussing or arguing any longer. And so I pick and choose the important things to bring up. And there's actually a methodology that I use. It's not a new one that I've created, but it is super helpful. So when and if there is a situation that I think, okay, this warrants a discussion, we're disagreeing, we need to come to some sort of an agreement, I will draft an email and then I will sleep on it. And then next day I will look at the email and I'll be like, okay, I need to remove some emotion from it. Do I want to receive this email? How would I respond to the way it's worded? That's usually enough for me to go in and kind of revise it. And and then I can decide, okay, Do I still need to send the email 
Or is this really, I just needed to get it out of my system and write the email I'm not sending. And it's probably, you know, half and half. And then the times that are important, I'm, I have thought it out. I've slept on it. I've removed some emotion. And then I'm able to kind of start from that point. And I find that our conversations are more productive that way. Wow. I'm hearing there. So like when you're upset or concerned about something, don't talk about it right then and there on the spot. Oh, absolutely. Way, think on it overnight. Choose your words carefully. Reevaluate. Decide whether you're staying in your lane or moving out of your lane. And I'm like, I think sometimes you do have to move out of your lane, but sure. But then really deciding whether you need to raise it. And I'm, I'm kind of curious about what what do you do to help your kids handle like if they were to come to you and say well, we've eaten this at dad's house all weekend. I'm kind of sick of it. What What do you say to them about that? How do you, do you coach them to cope with the different situations? Yeah. Well, they rarely say they don't want to eat Whataburger. So it's <laughs> usually not the case. But there are plenty of opportunities where they come to me and are complaining about something that's happening in dad's house. And I there's two different things that come out of this situation. One is I reiterate to them often, it's dad's house and he makes the rules because the flip side of that is I make the rules in my house. And so I want them to respect the parent of the house that they're in. And he and I have done a lot of work to try to make the rules the same at each house so that they are fairly consistent. But when it's different, I'm like, you know, dad's house, dad's rules, because I don't want them to get in the habit of hitting the parents against each other, which children are brilliant at doing this. And then the second part, which is really the bigger focus for me, is it is always an opportunity for me to teach my child some sort of life lesson, whether that is dealing with a situation they don't like and finding their voice, being able to speak up and say, I don't really like this food, say what your preference is. I I want them to learn that they can speak up for themselves and they have a voice and their opinion matters. And so it usually is a really great opportunity for me to walk them through how to have those difficult conversations. So I just try to put the power in my child's hand and give them the tools they need to be able to facilitate that conversation on their own. When and if it doesn't go well and it's not reaching a resolution that they're happy with, that's when I would come to him and say, hey, listen, the kids are telling me this thing. And I have to remind him also, I don't act on every single thing they tell me. They tell me all sorts of stuff that I just let roll on by. So when I'm bringing it to you, we had a similar situation like this recently. And I told him, you know, when I'm bringing an issue to you, it's because it's been ongoing or it's enough of a concern that if I were you, I would want to know. And that was a really helpful way for him to kind of diffuse his own defensiveness. And then we were able to have a a fruitful conversation. So there's a little bit of everything that goes into that scenario. You were able to do that in a very non-threatening way. And I like the fact that you're saying, instead of jumping on everything that your kid's saying and contacting your ex and saying, you know, daughter is saying this about this, you're, you're trying to get your children to have that first line conversation with him to see if they can resolve it themselves. And and I love that because as you say, you're helping them build like life skills, finding their voice. And it's not putting you, it's not triangulating it. Right. And you getting involved when there is a, when that hasn't been successful. 
Exactly. Yeah, I want them to know they can come to me and that I'll help them resolve situations. But I do want to empower them to be problem solvers and to be able to have those difficult conversations. Because honestly, we all have difficult conversations all the time. And I know plenty of adults who don't have the capacity to do that. So that's one of my goals for my kids is that I'm raising, you know, these all healthy human beings who know how to speak up for themselves and solve problems. So, and that helps with getting along with your ex and co-parenting together. Well, it does because then I can point out those situations to him and just reiterate to him that I've got his back, which let's face it, he's not my favorite person on the planet or I would still be married to him. So I, you know, there's plenty of disagreements and things that I don't like about him as a person, but at the end of the day, I want him and my children to know that I've got his back and that he and I are united front. There, there have been times where we've had, you know, an issue with school with one of the kids and he and I would both sit down together with the kids at one of our dining room tables and have the conversation with the kids. And it it just goes a long way to for the kids to know like, okay, mom and dad are both on the same page. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. Hey, Adam, Shona, we are going to have to take a short break here, but then we're going to come back. I've got lots more questions for you. Perfect. You're listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. We'll be right back. Do stay tuned. Before we get back to this week's episode, I want to remind you to visit worthy.com forward slash survey and answer a few questions about the podcast in order to be entered to win a $100 Visa gift card. We greatly appreciate your feedback. Now, back to the episode. Welcome back to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. And in this episode, we're talking about co-parenting, how to get along with your ex. My guest today is Shauna Lee. Shauna is the start again queen. She's been divorced a few times, lost two corporate jobs in a year, and has sent a couple of kids to college. So she knows what lust feels like, and she knows that starting over can bring new opportunities. Shauna is also the author of So You're Divorced, So What? Your Guide to Living Your Best Life. Shauna, I wondered if you would share with our listeners a little bit more about your book. Yes, I'd love to. It's interesting because this book came about and the first time I kind of heard the hit of intuition that I was going to write a book about recovering from divorce. I thought, oh my God, I cannot talk about divorce. I've been divorced three times. It was a a moment of great, great shame in my life. Like I, I tell people all the time, I was like Ross Geller from Friends refusing to get divorced for the third time. I was like, no, 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 this cannot happen. I do not see this as my future. I cannot be a three times divorcee. In no way is this like my my future. And then, you know, fast forward, here I am, divorced three times. Uh, and then I heard about writing this book and I thought, okay, maybe I could do this. Maybe this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And I wrote this book as a guide to how to drop the shame, how to heal from the loss, There's a whole chapter on grieving the loss. There's a whole chapter on co-parenting, which we kind of hit on earlier. And the bulk of this book is really about how do you design this life that you get to design at this point? It's all about opportunity and dreaming big and putting yourself as a priority, actually giving women permission 
to go after what they want. And it's it's such a, I say it's the prettiest divorce book you'll ever read. And I do think like divorces for many people, it, it, the rug is pulled out from under their feet, even if it's their decision. Sure. But it changes everything. It impacts work. It impacts parenting. It impacts where you live. It impacts your friends. So it, it it's hard to have like compartmentalize it so that it only impacts one part of your life. And that's why I think we hear so much about starting over and starting afresh and reinventing yourself. So I would say to people, that sounds like it's a great resource and don't wait until you're actually divorced to read it. The, as soon as you know that divorce is on the horizon, I would grab a copy and start reading it and learning that inspiration. Yeah. And it's funny, you touched on something that I talk about in the book, which is making new friends because Friend, your friend group is impacted by divorce, whether or not it was your decision in all the ways you don't necessarily see or think will happen. Your friend group will always be impacted. And I have lost friends that surprised me. And then I've, I've lost friends that I'm like, oh, yes, of course you chose him because a lot of people do feel like they have to choose one or the other. Right. I had very few friends who can actually befriend both of us together. So we all get to the point where we have to make new friends. And so I walk through kind of some ideas on how, how do you find new friends as an adult? Well, and talking about friends, getting along with your ex after divorce does not mean being friends with them. It doesn't. I will tell you, there have been times me and my ex-husband have gone to social engagements and the the friend we both had was hosting a party and I came with my new boyfriend and he came with his girlfriend and our kids knew all of the people that were there. And it was surprising to me how uncomfortable everyone else was and we were doing fine. So let's talk about um, like, what is the difference between like getting along with your ex and not being friends? It's like co-parenting well or being cooperative, but what are the lines? What boundaries do you draw? How do you create that difference? Well, and this is what I tell people, like, we're not having coffee together and chumming it up. Like we, we are not friends. We have the same children that we both want the same things for. And so it really just means that we can be in the same room without fighting and making everyone else uncomfortable. It, it really just comes down to being amicable and the ability to tolerate one another. But you know, like when we were hanging out at that party, he and I were not chatting it up and hanging out together. We were doing what most married couples do, which is, you know, moving around the room and not actually spending time together. So that was very similar territory for us. But I think there's a misconception that you have to be friends in order to co-parent well. And the fact of the matter is you don't. You just have to know how to work together in a way that benefits your children. And I think about being with friends, you share intimate information or private information about what's going on in your life. And that's me. It's like one of the things like I I don't share that with my ex. My ex comes for Thanksgiving. I can sit and have Thanksgiving dinner. We can have birthday dinners at the same table. Exactly. Sharing personal information. Yes. And I think quite honestly, that was a difficult concept for his new wife to understand in the very beginning. She misunderstood that our co-parenting well meant we were sharing intimate information. And so 
I befriended her and we had a lot of conversations where I was, you know, welcoming her into this weird thing that we do, which is share holidays. But I had to reassure her a couple different times to say, just to be clear, we we are not friends and he is not confiding in me in details about your relationship or where he wants his career to go. Like we talk logistics about our children. And that is that is what we discuss. And so that's a really good point you brought up. Kind of a different model, I think, than what we see in the media a lot of times where exes are supposed to be fighting or always in conflict with each other, that maybe that's where his new wife or, or anybody's new partner would have concerns because they're not used to seeing this model of co-parenting together. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very uncommon. I We went to early on in our divorce, we went to a school event, the school carnival, and ran into one of my friends and I was like, oh, come sit with us. And we were all sitting at the table, you know, eating carnival food. And he was across the table and our children were there and he got up to go get food for us or whatever he went to do. And she leaned over and she said, you guys are the weirdest divorce couple I've ever known. And I just thought, well, okay, if that's the the bar that we're setting, I'm, I'm okay with being the weirdest couple because it's great for my kids. And, and yeah, and I'll echo that. Like, I remember when my son graduated from university, his dad and I both traveled. He was in Utah, so we both traveled to Utah. His uncle traveled to Utah. I don't think we traveled together, but we all sat and we went out for dinner yep. in the evening in a restaurant. And my son said to me, I so appreciate the fact that you guys can do this because none of my friend's parents can do this. And it makes my life so much easier because then I don't have to juggle what I'm going to do dinner with mom and when I'm going to do dinner with dad. It's so true. It's so true. I think that brings up a good point as well. It takes kids a long time to get there to realize. I mean, I tell everyone all the time, this is a long game we're playing. The kids aren't going to necessarily appreciate it. They'll feel it. They'll know it. They're not going to be able to express appreciation for what we're doing until they're much later in their life. And so I do have to remind people, like, long game, your kids are not going to say, thanks, mom, right now. Right. And then because it's kind of this this mode that you're working in, they don't always understand or appreciate that it's different than what a lot of their friends are experiencing. Sure. But yeah, I know firsthand the the benefits of being able to co-parent well with your ex as payback for your kids. So, you know, we've, we've got about five more minutes. And what I wanted to ask in these last minutes is, what about when the goal of getting along is not a good idea? Mm. I was thinking, you know, when the, the things that are going on in your ex's home are putting the children at risk, mm-hmm. like with drug or alcohol problems, or the children being driven by a parent who's drinking. Mm-hmm. So luckily, I have not experienced this. There's been plenty of opportunities for me to view this situation as unsafe. And if I'm honest with myself, in hindsight, it was not actually that. It was more about me wanting to control. But if there was a situation where the kids are actually in danger and their safety is in question, I think Our entire conversation to this point goes out the window. The top priority for me, I have said, is is whole healthy human beings. If their safety is in question, that's the top priority, is to make sure that I am intervening 
that I have professionals helping me because I don't think this is a, a situation where you can do it on your own. And I think that's where you do intervene and make sure your kids are safe. Yeah, absolutely. By as yeah, getting along and not not um, causing waves is not the priority when your kids are at risk. Not at all. Yeah. So, and I do think I liked your point there about the first thing to do is to talk to professionals, and that might be an attorney, it might be your therapist, it could be other resources about exactly what is the risk that my children are exposed to, and then how do I work through the system to address this. Yeah. And I think you're mentioning a therapist. I think that's an excellent first step because they are educated in how to assess situations. So they would be a great resource to assess the actual safety concerns. And they're obligated to do something with that information if they hear that a child is at risk. Right. They're mandatory reporters. Shauna, it's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. Do you have, I'm wondering, I'm springing this on you, but kind of one last message for our listeners about getting along with their ex? So I actually have a signature course that I offer. It's $27 and it is called Align. And I think it's an excellent first step for someone to come back home to themselves, which I think is the first step in order to co-parent well, is to be able to know what my center feels like. And Align is all about aligning your mind your body, mind, and spirit. And it's a 45-minute workshop that it's self-paced. They can do it on their own. They can find it on my site at shaunalee.com slash align. That's awesome. And I will make sure that we put that link in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today, Shauna. Thank you so much for having me. This is my guest today with Shauna Lee. Shauna is the Start Again Queen. She's been divorced a few times, lost two corporate jobs in a year, and has sent a couple of kids to college. She knows what loss feels like. And Shauna is also the author of So You're Divorced, So What? Your Guide to Living Your Best Life. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. Worthy is a selling partner you can trust to help you get the best deal possible on your diamond jewelry. Visit worthy.com to learn more and get started. If you have questions about an episode, compliments you'd like to share, or would like to be a guest, please email us at podcast at worthy.com. Follow the podcast at We Are So Worthy on Instagram or see our Facebook page, Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, for information about the show please see our show notes at worthy.com forward slash podcast for resources and more information about today's episode and guest. I'm your host, Mandy Walker. You can learn more about me at mandywalker.com. Huge thank yous to Worthy's production team. Listen, follow, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen. Our next episode will be live in two weeks, so stay tuned.